What's going on, Agency Nation? It's the mayor here, Heath Sheeran. I am guest hosting today of Agency Nation Radio, and I'm excited to be here. I got my boy Mitch Gibson with me of HRM Insurance in Indiana, and he is doing some real big things out there. But again, uh, Mitch Gibson, you want to say what's up? What's going on, everybody? Agency Nation, what's up? Actually, Heath, before you asked me to join the show, I think looking back, Agency Nation, when I got in the insurance industry, I think was the, probably the first social media insurance agency platform, something that I followed. So this is this is an honor, and I appreciate you thinking about me and having me on, buddy. Yeah, man. When Stacy reached out to me to do it, it was kind of an honor for me because that's one of the first podcasts I ever listened to in the insurance space. So this is super cool for both of us to be here. So again, we've talked, you and I have known each other for a minute now. We talk just about every day. I know it started off as a slow start for you, but it's starting to pick up and snowball a little bit here. What have you been doing, man? What's been going on with you lately? Well, to be quite honest with you, Heath, I think it's a it's kind of a snowball of events that have taken place. I started with my with my local podcast that I have, you know, in the studio that I get to to podcast anything that I want in here whenever I want uh, with a partnership with a real estate company. I've always had a good relationship with them. And what has just taken off is, you know, having, having kind of that branded backdrop in my, my episodes that have Remax and then the insurance piece. And then, you know, that next thing, you know, there's a mortgage lender that, that we've kind of got a little trio relationship with that things are just rolling really well. And, you know, we're putting so much stuff out in the community. We're contributing to the community. We're putting events on just trying to do everything we possibly can to add value. And I will tell you, my personal lines has picked up at least probably 75% by just, you know, putting out quality stuff on the internet, online. That's where people's at. What can I do to get, get my face or my name on that person's phone? You know, I try to think about that when I walk by somebody, how, how can I get my face on their phone and that they're going to see that Mitch Gibson's their local trusted insurance agent. So the help of my real estate buddy, Hart Sumire at Remax and mortgage lending buddy, Jake Kersey at Midwest Bankers, those two have, have, I can't thank them enough for all the business they've continued to sit me and, and, and give me the trust to, to take care of their customers. And we just all have that same at, you know, that same attitude about the customer, you know, when they talk to the mortgage lender, the real estate agent, or, or even the insurance agent. They feel like they're talking to the same person because we have the same lingo. We know what we're talking about, uh, and they, they can have that trust with us, which in return has now kicked off the commercial business blowing up because of the show and, and people that I have on as guests in my little podcast. Businesses are starting to wonder who I am and what I do, and they're finding out that I'm not just a podcaster. I'm an insurance agent, and that's that's what the platform and the podcasting platform has done for me. And did I tell you what? It's, it's changed the game in the last year and a half that I didn't think was going to happen. Uh, especially this quick in the career. So, man, guys, that if you're listening to this, just to, just to give you a little backdrop on this, Mitch Gibson's what 25 years old. I'll be Am 26 right? in July, or excuse, July. My gosh, I don't even know my own age. I'll be 26 in August. There you go. It sounds like my son. I'm 13 and a half, Dad. But anyway, so he's uh, 25 years old. I mean, he may sound like he's in his 30s or 40s. It sounds like he's doing a lot of stuff right now. But what I love, I, I follow all of your stuff on your podcast stuff and you know, what you're doing in your community. Yeah, I think it's cool at 26 years old, 25 years old, and you're doing some big stuff with a, with a local charity there. Tell me about that a little bit. It's a Hope House. Is that what it's called? That's correct. It's kind of funny you say that because they are somewhat of a show sponsor as well. I sit on the board of directors as the president of the uh, our local homeless shelter called the Hancock Hope House, which we also have a thrift store. So we have the Hope House and the Hope House thrift store. They, you know, 75% of the operating budget that we use every every year to help feed the homeless, help clothe people in the that are staying in the shelter, help get them resources, you know, all the utilities. So, you know, strictly being a not for profit, that's donation based or funding by the state grants, et cetera. But we use 75% of the thrift store 
the money we make in the thrift store is used for 75% of our budget. So we have the cool thrift store and it's actually, you know, not to put down on goodwill, but for, for our local community to see like a local a t-shirt that someone wore, that their son wore, they took it to the homeless shelter thrift store and someone bought it and someone else is wearing it and the money stays in the community. That to me is a bundle of joy in all different ways because you're contributing, you're giving back to the community, even if it's just giving clothes because it, it helps us sell it we can now make money and help other people that are in, in need in the community, like someone who might be struggling or financially is going through some things or, you know, there's could have been a divorce and, you know, financial situation is not good and they can't afford to go live in housing. So we provide that, try to get them some stability. It's not a short-term deal. It's a, hey, we want you to be back on your feet. We're going to help you find those resources. And hopefully within 90 to 120 days, you've got yourself on your own and you're ready to rock and roll. And we're still here to help as any way, any possible way. But I had them come on as a show sponsor on the thrift store side of things because we want more people to know about the thrift store and where they can donate stuff and that there's a lot of cool things that they're selling in the thrift store, which in return is great because I've now gained my relationship with the philanthropy that I love, a community that I love, and I'm getting to you know serve them and, and do whatever it takes to just help as, as many people as I can out uh, every single day that I'm doing something is how can I help? And Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I can get you in trouble because you get caught doing too much stuff. Uh, I think that would be crucial, something we can talk about here in a little bit, Heath, to some of the young agents out there on the time management piece. But yeah, the, the Hope House is cool. And everything I put out for my podcast has the Hope House logo and people wonder who they are and how they can help. And it's, it's really helped out a lot. And that's the thing that people don't understand about our industry that's so wonderful. If you're a young agent listening to this, which I hope you are, you know, getting involved in the community will not only make you, you know, some more money, obviously, but it, It'll make you feel good about what you're doing out there. And that's what we get to do. And growing up as a kid, I was second generation insurance guy. And, you know, I've heard this said before, and actually, you know, a large company did a promo on this, but, you know, we're, we kind of get to be superheroes as insurance agents. We get to be involved in the community and we get to help out, whether it's, you know, in your town, if it's the, the Chamber of Commerce or if it's the Hope House of your town, whatever that might be, or if it's, you know, B&I, whatever that might be, getting involved in the community. It's going to make you feel good, but it's also going to drive some revenue your way. And so I really do feel like, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this as a happy accident. Has it led to some business for you? It has. And I think I'm glad you brought that question up because I did want to talk about that because I got first thing one of my bosses said at HRM when I first get, you know, first started there was, Hey, we want you to, you know, get involved in the community, et cetera. Well, I was coming into this job already coaching travel baseball and baseball is something that's always provided resources to me, relationships. I don't ever forget. And I love the game of baseball. That's just, it's in the, in the blood and always will be. So for me going into the agency saying, I still have to coach and I'm going to be missing some time, you know, here and there. And, you know, then they want me to get involved in the community, but not too much because it can take away from what you're really doing. I would say I probably had a little too much on my plate the first year or two. And then trying to learn the insurance product from not just the industry and your insurance 101 stuff, but also trying to learn what each carrier provides and how I need to sell each product differently and what's their target market and who, you know, all this jazz is. And I, and I did spend time doing it. I think I just wish that I would have found podcasts like this one or like yours, Heath, on Insurance Town or Agency Intelligence, whatever it is. I wish I would have found that like day one of Mitch Gibson, you're officially a licensed agent. How can I, you know, here's the tools to help you get there. And for me, that's why I think the year and a half has taken off is because I'm listening to you guys and listening to everybody, my insurance mentors out there talk about with different guests and, and learn the strategies that they're doing. And it has helped me out 
so much. And, and I think that's what the biggest value of these free podcasts are for people is how, you know, we're just trying to give back. We're trying to give back to you guys like we're trying to give back into the into the community. So for me, you know, getting involved in those BNI groups, I think they're great. But I think the first conception of a young agent when they hear you need to get involved in the community, they go join a networking group thinking they're just going to get business straight out of it from the get-go. I would say it's more about building relationships in your community. Correct. And I think it's more about building those relationships, whether it's coaching a little league team or if it's getting involved in, like I said earlier, a community-based organization of some sort. I think that's huge. I think it's cool that you found that out so you know so early on, even though, like you said, it was a slow start. But for you getting involved in that, I, I want to know where you know along the way. You know, wh- when did the podcast for you start? You know, getting involved in that community with your your inside Hancock County podcast. I know it's evolved quite a bit, and you've got a lot going on. But you know, tell us that story a little bit because I want young agents to hear. If you want to build that authority, you want to do things like here's an idea that you can do, and Mitch can help you. And I'm sure if somebody picked up the phone and called you and said, hey, I want to start a podcast in my county, they would have no problem calling you and you would have no problem answering that phone. I agree. And I, I actually, if, since I've been guest on your show and a couple others, I even got a guest host a couple of uh, the Agency Intelligence podcast for Jason Cass. I tell you what, when I listened to the Insurance Guys podcast for the first time, I'm a telecommunications major. Radio and television is my what I went to school for, what my degree is in. Like, this is what you're, you know, what you went to school for. So I, I miss, but I missed that a little bit. And, you know, it was right before the pandemic kind of started shortly before that, before I finally figured out what I wanted to do. And I knew it was podcasting. So I reached out to Bradley, just said, Hey dude, I'm trying to figure out, I think the content insure tech ways that you guys are teaching all this jazz. I think it could be very helpful. So I'd love to get a few minutes of your time to talk about that. And also uh, I heard you talking about starting a local podcast and I want to see if you can give me some direction on that because I had no clue where to start. I didn't think I'd get a Facebook message back from him. And sure enough, that same day I got a message back from Bradley. Till this day, Bradley and I talk quite often. I love Bradley like a brother and I appreciate everything he's done for me so far to get me started in the podcast world. So when I started this podcast a year and a half ago, give or take a couple of months, he said, start a local, po-. literally this is all he said, start a local podcast, highlighting local businesses, go. And I'm like, what? How's that going to help at all? Other than taking up more time. So it sit there and it kind of resonated finally, as we sit there and talk and he's telling me what to do and what, and it kind of like that light bulb just pops, you know, like, oh, it just finally hit me why I'm doing this. Well, guys. Guys, I'm an insurance producer, just like everybody else out there. I'm an agent. I sell commercial insurance. I'm targeting commercial. I'm targeting businesses. I'm interviewing local business owners, and I can control who I want on my show. That's the easiest, most simple way to get a first foot in the door of learning who that business owner is. And if it's somebody you don't know, anybody, you know, have any contacts to get into that place, you are scared. Your gatekeeper keeps getting to you. Throw out that you have a local podcast and you want want to have them on. Throw out some numbers that you you know we're get averaging this many views. We want to highlight you your business on this upcoming week's episode of the Inside Hancock County podcast. Do you think that business owner is not going to want to share his or her success and what their business is about for free? What business owner doesn't like talking about themselves? So for me, it was a home run, and I can talk all day long, just like Heath. All just like all the other podcasters out there, I did radio and television in high school, and this is what I love to do. It's it's my true little passion slash hobby outside of insurance, baseball, and work. So another timing mechanism. So when I started it, I I wanted to make sure I got, had a pretty good following and good audience. So I had some pretty popular 
guests on on social media that have you know thousand, two thousand, three thousand plus followers. I had a couple of professional athletes that I that I am close with, even my cousin, and then a number one overall draft pick a couple of years ago for the Diamondbacks. So it, it's really helped the you know, help grow the audience and people really find out what the podcast is about because that was a little bit of tough is you know trying to get my community to understand what's a podcast. I can tell you, and I'm very excited to say that I think probably. 25% to 50% probably now know what a podcast is because I've been putting stuff out consistently, staying in the course, doing what the podcast is supposed to do. And it's to try to find out who that business owner is and, you know, what makes their business unique, what, you know, things he adverse to he or she went through to get to where they're at now. And I've just built a relationship by talking to them on the podcast. That's how Heath and I became friends because I was on an episode of his podcast and he saw Bradley shout me out on something. And he said, I got to get you on, send me a DM. And next thing I know it, two days later, I'm sitting on a podcast with Heath and now Heath and I are really good friends and talk every day, like you said. And I'm not trying to get something out of Heath. He's not trying to get anything out of me. It's just a great form and a great way for us to build relationships if we're doing it the correct way and not spending so much time and energy out of your day. Cause you still got to sell insurance, still got to sell insurance. And I think that's what scares people is like, I've got to sell insurance. I got to put food on the table. How am I going to have time for this? Well, the good old saying, you're not going to get it done nine to five. I mean, that's, you're not going to be a millionaire at, you know, at any point in time, if you want to work nine to five, it's going to take many more hours. And if you want to grow your business, grow your brand and, and show people who you truly are and how much you know about insurance, just by having a podcast, sign me up. And I jumped in and it's been great. Yeah. And again, I do think you're right. You do have to work outside of the nine to five hours. You have to have a regular hours. You got to get up early. A lot of times you and I have talked early in the morning, you know, dropping off kids at school and then we start talking. But one of the things I do want, you know, young producers or even any experienced producer for that matter that wants to start a podcast, one of the things I found fascinating, and I'll, and I'll be real honest, and I'm going to be uh, pretty candid right now. It took me about six months before I finally started because I had my own self-doubts. I had my own thoughts in my head of I can't do this. I don't think to add. I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. You know, I figured out real quickly, it's not that difficult. If you've got an iPhone and you don't even have to have a microphone, iPhone and earbuds, you could start a podcast. If you've got 30 minutes, an hour of your time, you could do this. It's really not that difficult. And you could find people like Mitch or like somebody else out there that you want to hire to do your editing for you and do some of that for you. You can do that. And it doesn't take much time at all. So I do want you to speak on that a minute because I want the audience to hear from somewhat a pro out there how easy it is to get into podcasting, what the steps are and what that looks like if you want to start your own podcast to build that authority in your town or in a niche space for that matter. So I'm going to give you my how to start a podcast under 70 bucks spiel because I, I truly believe you can start a podcast underneath under $70 and be able to get through just fine. I know technology scares people, especially like the editing stuff, but like Heath said, I mean, if you have an iPhone, like an iPhone 8 or 9, but if you have an iPhone 10 or better, that phone shoots 4K. So that phone's going to shoot better quality video. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't have, you don't have somebody standing behind it, moving it, giving it good angles, et cetera. And nobody has like three iPhones to set up three different camera angles, but your phone's going to shoot better than 75% of the cameras that you're going to hire somebody to do that for you with. So for me, I got a tripod off of Amazon. The tripod was 20 bucks. It came with a different stand or clip for my phone to put it on the tripod. I bought a microphone, not this one. I have since upgraded, but I bought a microphone that was $52. So I'm over my budget here, but I'm going under under $100. Then I go to try to find somewhere where I'm going to host this show. You got to have a platform to host the show. So you've got your mic, you've got your stand, 
Okay. You've got a laptop. I'm assuming if you're an insurance agent, you got a laptop or you've got something like that. And I also bought a $4 clip on mic. Okay. Mic stand, 20. Microphone, 60. And then I've got a $4 clip on microphone. Next, I go to Lipson.com. Lipson is a hosting platform. That's where I host my show. That's where I upload my audio and they put it to Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. They do all that for you. They have a low fee of like $6 a month and that's their lowest. They have another one of like 10, 15, depending on how many episodes you're uploading for their, for their storage uh, each month. But for five, if you did a mo- an episode a month, $5, okay, you've just spent under a hundred bucks. You go out, have an interview with somebody, you write their insurance, you've just made your money back off of the commission, depending on how you're getting paid commission-wise. Okay, standard 10% commission, 15% commission, whatever it is, sell a $2,000 account, you get it back. You just got that money back that you bought by recording a podcast about your local business owner and you wrote his insurance, his little bop. Who cares? Those things add up. Those little bop policies add up. I don't care if it's five, two, 2000 dollars or $50,000. They add up. So just by spending less than 100 bucks on things that that you can use more than once. This microphone is a USB mic. So now when I'm on a Zoom call, my audio sounds really good when I talk. I sound more professional. Makes sense. So why need to go spend money on an $800 camera? Why go spend money on a $200 or $500 microphone that some of those people have out there? There's no need to do it. Yes, you might start getting a lot of business out of it and you start growing and your podcast becomes bigger and your audience, you want to give them a better product. So you're going to upgrade your stuff. That That's going to come. But don't go out and spend five, six, eight hundred bucks on something that's that you're not going to be working primarily with 100% of your life. If you're a videographer, you're starting a little side content media company, yeah, might be a good might be a good investment. But the clip-on mic that I bought for four bucks is probably my best piece of recording device at all. It's four bucks off of Amazon, and I can send it. I'll put a thing on my Facebook and, and Instagram where you, get, where you can see those things that I bought. You built a relationship with realtors, and I'm sure you've got relationship with mortgage lenders. I'm sure you've got relationships out there in the community. Let's get into some some lead gen for a minute because uh, young producers out there that are listening, you know, now that they've got the idea in their head, they want to start a podcast. Let's look at some other lead gen opportunities for them and talk to me about what you're doing out there. You said that you even did a class recently. I want to hear some about that. Can you share some of your secret sauce? Yep. So I think too, so I, if I give a little scope of background of the community I live in. David Crothers said this before and I, it kind of resonates with, I think the insurance industry, it's male, pale and stale. Very, very kind of old school, the way we've done things. That's how my community is. We got about 70,000 people in our county and it's like that. It's starting to make its way up to a little bit more of the modern, you know, technology, automation type of stuff. And, and that stuff's starting to excite me because that's the way everything's going down the road. But when I was wanting to, ha- you know, get a studio together, because we all know we could do our podcasts in our offices and whatnot, but we get sidetracked. The products, the thing's not going to come out the way it is. There was just no separation. So I wanted to have a spot where I could go record podcasts. Well, with my relationship with Remax Realty Group, we had a little trade-off where you know they'd give me a space where I could have my podcast equipment, everything set up, their backdrop was in my background of my episodes with me and my guest sitting right, right beside me. And they'd let me have the studio as long as they could use it to shoot some stuff. Well, that has been a great relationship because there's so many things that they, you know, have asked me, Hey, can you do this video for us? Can you help us out? So it's kind of built that kind of content relationship, but you know, they've given me chances to help out their customers on the insurance side of things. And I've taken great care of them. And, you know, they've said nothing but great things about 
the way I carry myself as an insurance agent. And they refer me to so many people. Heck, they've referred me to a couple mortgage lenders that I haven't even known who I've now built a great relationship with because I'm helping add value to Remax Realty Group and what they do. Those are the type of people I want to do business with. So the new the, the general manager here, Hart Sumire, who was a few years older than me, graduated from the same school. Hart reached out and said, hey, let's put together the studio, and we did. And that's that's just kind of what started it because he was wanting to kind of up their content, up their video pictures, you know, put out stuff consistently for their customers to see and listings, et cetera. And he knew I was looking for a studio, so we just collaborated in the middle and made it happen, which now has led to him gaining the trust in me, and he is selling a lot of houses. I mean a lot of houses, big business volume, and he's got a mortgage lender that's really, really good. Mortgage lender, same thing, a couple of years older than I was, went to the same high school. Him and Hart have that connection, and that's where Hart refers you know, his customers to on the mortgage side of things. So now I've gained their both their trust, and we've got it rolling and, and, and rocking. So they asked they ask me a few weeks back, we all sat down and said, hey, let's put together a first-time homebuyer seminar. You know, for me, it's like, I just, I, I want to be there anyways, because I love to talk and want to sit on a panel. That's fun. And I love what you guys are doing and we can get good content out of it. So we, we hosted an event at a local brewery and, you know, had some hors d'oeuvres and some snacks and drinks. And we didn't do any, any social media advertising. We did post it out a couple of different times and a couple of email blast out. We had about 30 people show up. They sold two houses out of it, made their money back from the event. I wrote the two insurance policies. They sold the house. Jake wrote the uh, mortgage. We're all happy. That's what we want people to understand is this is how not you, you, they know what they're going to get from us because how we carry ourselves and our products that we have and what we're selling. But what you get from us is the quickest, simple, and the most easiest way to do business when buying a home. When people say, I want to buy a home, I want them to think about three people because those three are the most important three people during their buying process. The broker, mortgage lender, and the insurance agent three most important people along that process. And if the process is simple and smooth and quick for the customer, that's going to lead to referrals. And it has. We had this one lady, she sent me four or five different people now just by helping her write her homeowner's insurance that I didn't know who she was, but because of my real estate partnership and mortgage lending partnership, they said, you need to get a hold of Mitch. He'll take care of you and, and make sure everything's taken care of. And I, you just provided the quality service that I was taught by the agency that I work for. And from there, it's just leading to more referral and referral and referral. And you got to love it. You can't be mad about it. You got to accept it, work hard and get through it and provide great service for every single person that you're doing business with. And you bring up a good point that I wanted to get into a minute because so many people, especially even when I was selling, people would think you've got to buy their business by giving them gift cards or you've got to do something like that to get their business. These real estate agents are making huge deals and they're making commissions of three and $4,000. They don't care about your $10 gift card to Starbucks. What you got to do is figure out a way that you can add value back to those referral partners. And that's what you did. And that's what you can do as a young producer or, you know, experienced producer for that matter, find a way to add value back. You know, I know Bradley Flowers offers to do social media stuff for people and say, Hey, I can help you here, or I can help you with your automations, or I can help you here. Mitch Gibson gets in there and offers to do content creation for him, help him that way. Find what your thing is, whatever that might be, and a real technical term there with find your thing, but find your value add that you can add back. Don't try to buy their business with $10 gift cards. Yeah, that's cute and it works sometimes, but these people want to know what you can do for them, what you can help them with. I talked to a producer last week. What he does is he'll often go put their signs up for them. You know, realtors have to go around and put their real estate sign in that says for sale. He's like, I'll go put those out for you. 
you know, that way it takes it off of your plate and he gets referrals out of it. I mean, there's gotta be your way, whatever that is. And Mitch, I'm proud of you found your way. And, and well, I and I will say, awesome. I, I will say too, Heath, and you brought up a great point about the paying the, you know, a lot of realtors when they give their customers a portfolio of, Hey, here's a, here's a binder to keep all your stuff in during this whole entire process. You open that up and there's vendor galore on there. People are paying that insurance agent is paying to be put on that, that binder. Okay. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing at all, but you're leaving it up to the home buyer or to the person that is purchasing that home yeah, or selling the home. You're giving them the chance to make that decision on them to make that referral or, you know, I need to make sure I call them to call, you know, to get an insurance quote. It's the best when you have that lender at insurance or that, that, that mortgage lender or that real estate broker that automatically send that they know they're, they're going to want you to quote it and say, hey, here, they're going to reach out to you. I've already talked to them. They know to give you a call. Here's the hazard insurance request form, closing dates this date. That's how simple this has become for us, this relationship that we've got. I haven't even talked to the customer at this point in time, and I now can talk to that customer and say, I've got a quote for you. So it seems like he just got the quickest quote in world's history. And there's a reason for that because that's, that's how I wanted to show them that I'm very valuable. The last thing the real estate or mortgage lender wants to do is wait for the hazard insurance request to get back from the insurance agent. I can tell you it's the, it probably is probably one of the most frustrating things that they deal with. That's the last thing for them to finalize the closing documents to get over the title company so they can close on whatever the date that is. And if you're the insurance agent that's taking you know a day and a half to two days to get them a deck page and a bill or a you know shown receipt that this insurance had been paid in a year, if it's a refinance, whatever, you're going to lose. And you're not going to gain real estate and mortgage relationship lender, you know, referral partners by just paying them a fee every time they give you something or, you know, whatever it is. Find something that's unique and different and be on par with what they're doing. Pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I want to see how, you, you know, I'm new to the insurance business or new to the insurance industry. I want to see a process of selling a home. You just, you're probably going to go spend half a day with them learning what they do. So now when you, you know, he, he'll probably give you a chance. He might already have referral partners, but he's going to give you a chance at some point in time, gives you a chance, hit it out of the park, get it back to him quickly because you already know the process of what's going to happen next. You as an insurance agent have to know the home buying process, I think, to win in that, that game with those relationship partners. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that also works in, uh, in commercial as well, because, uh, and I know you sell some commercial insurance too. You brought that up. One of the things I did as an early insurance producer in my, early in my career, I was, you know, in a niche of HVAC contractors. And I had a contractor that I was working with that I really wanted to write their business, big account. He said that uh, he couldn't talk to me that day because he was going out on a job to put some uh, duct work in a uh, Dairy Queen. And, you know, this guy loves some Dairy Queen and his blizzards. But I was like, hey, can I go with you? Can I go watch your people you know, put in the duct work. Can I get my hands dirty? You know, I want to see how the process works. What you guys do every single day. Well, I showed up, you know, with my, my car hard and my, my t-shirt on, I was ready to rock after working with him for a full day, you know, how his crew works, getting to their names, hanging out with them, you know, had lunch with them, bought their lunch. Uh, after that day and he saw the value, you know, I was willing to roll my sleeves up, willing to get, he goes, no other insurance agents ever come out here and put in duct work with us, you know, come out on a job was got to know my people. I'd love for you to quote my insurance. That was all it was. I didn't have to give him a pitch. I didn't have to, you know, sell him anything. It was just a matter that I was willing to spend time and get to know what they do in their processes. 
was that you that I was talking to about? Or I know that wasn't my great idea that I'm getting ready to say, but was that you that said that there, there's some producer or agent out there instead of doing a podcast needs to do something like it, maybe a little video show to where they spend a day with that contractor laying concrete or something like almost like dirty jobs in a sense, but you're recording it. And it's whether that's a customer you currently have or someone you're wanting to quote, say, Hey, I want to, I'm going to film some content about your, your business. And I want to do like an episode of dirty jobs. Would you mind if I, you know, Dude, was on that's a, job site? That's a great idea. I, you know, it's been an idea that I've had for a long time. I never have implemented it yet because I quit producing full time. However, you know, there's all kinds of ways to create the content and get the business out there because, again, it's going out of your way, doing what the other producers won't do or doing something that sets you apart. Again, we were talking earlier about lenders, but I think it works on all fronts, whether you're commercial or personal lines or even a life insurance producer. There's ways that you can get out there and create you know, your own value add to those customers or those lending or those referral partners, I should say. And one thing too, Heath, that uh, you talked about, like not only just try to build a relationship, but try to bend, build a friendship. Think about building a friendship. Like I don't pay these guys anything to, to send me business. They, they know they're, they, they're, they're worried more about, I want my customer to know that he is valuable or she's valuable. And this, these are the three people that's going to make it get to that point in time. And I've gained a friendship with these guys. Like the other day, I said, I don't pay these guys anything. I just, you know, do what they asked me to do and provide the best service possible. Hart at Remax sent me a, one of those money trees. It came in. I had no clue who was sending it to me. He sent that to me. Someone that is the one buying and selling the house, the guy that starts the process and starts the referral process, he is the one that's sending me stuff. That to me means comes close to near dear to my heart. And I, I'm extremely thankful to know that I've got not just a relationship with a business partner, but I've got a friendship. And the friendship's going to last a lot longer than a business relationship potentially could have. Because if you have a friendship and you take care of it the correct way, like the money tree, and you're watering it, taking care of the money tree, and take care of your friendships the same way, and your you know, referral partners, your family, your life, it'll all be simple. I know life's a lot harder than we make it seem to be sometimes. Do the things that should be done, take care of the people that you should be taking care of in and out of the business, and, and good things will happen. may not think it's going to happen. It may not show right away, but if you stay the course, good things will end up coming for you. Yeah, I, I love – one of the other things I love about you, and again uh, – I'm interviewing you on this Agency Nation show so I can do this. Um, I'm going to blow a little smoke up your skirt because I love one of the things that you say at the end of all your episodes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know exactly. Say, you can make a difference. Bingo. And I think that's huge that it's not only about Mitch Gibson. Mitch Gibson's always trying to, you know, motivate others or, you know, talk to others about, you know, what they can do better. And again, it's about giving back all the time and being that motivational person, the inspiring person that, that that someone is a breath of fresh air. And I wanted to, you know, hear kind of where that came from and maybe, you know, maybe give some advice maybe on that a little bit. Kind of, you're the first person to ask that. And I don't think as many people pay attention to it as, as maybe some other podcasters and hear me say that. But I try to say that on every single thing I do because it's so meaningful. And the first time I ever heard it, so back when I told you I was, uh, I did radio and television in high school, we had a radio station and I broadcasted the basketball and football games since I wasn't, good enough to play those two sports. And my uncle Harold, actually my dad's brother, uncle Harold did play by play for the longest time for the school. And he was, he's really good at it and was really good doing it. So when I was in school, the freshman, sophomore year, I was like color commentary guy. I would sit next to him and help him out and put my two cents in. Cause I knew I wanted to do play by play my junior and senior year. And every single time he closed the broadcast and he would always say, 
you know, I'm Harold Gibson sitting here with Mitch Gibson. Hope you guys all have a great night and always remember you can make a difference. And to me, that's all. It just gave me chills saying it. Not in the meaning way of him, you know, it came from him like meaningful saying it to me. It was just the the consistency of hearing him say that every time we did a broadcast at the end, it made me really realize that I want to live like that. And I think people, the more people out there know you can make a difference. I think if it just challenges one or two people to get up off their chair and go do something that they normally wouldn't do, they might go do it by just saying those, those words. And that's something I live and breathe by is you can make a difference every single day. Yeah. It's not all lollipops and gumdrops as much as we want it to be. But if you can try to change someone's life every single day, like I tell Brooklyn, when we drop her off, try to make someone smile today, challenge her to do something different. And when I dropped her off at daycare this morning, the, the daycare lady goes, that's Mrs. Mother Hen. I said, oh, really? I didn't surprise me one bit, but that's, it was so cool to hear that she's Mother Hen because she's trying to make people happy and satisfy them, even though that when she gets home from school, we want to tell her it's bedtime already because she's got an attitude, but that's, I think that's every kid after school. Oh yeah, that's every kid for sure. But I do, I do love that. I appreciate you having that inspirational message because there's so much negativity in our world, whether it's, and we're not going to get into, you know, politics and religion, but I do think there's a lot of negativity in our world. And so to have that you know, as your moniker, so to speak, or people think of Mitch Gibson, or they think of John Doe, or they think of, you know, Jane Doe, or whoever you are out there, give them something to remember you by, a moniker or something like that. I think that's huge. I think that's smart. I don't have one of those, and I need to, to figure that out. But another I think one. that's super cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also. But but you know what I mean? Like, like another one. Like, for example, and Heath and I laugh about this all the time, because like DJ Khaled, who's a hip-hop artist, rapper, he always says, another one. Like, that was that's his thing. But when you hear the word, when you hear someone say another one, you always want to say it just like he does. And you think about one person. It's because that's, he's developed that brand. Those two words, another one are his keywords and says, hey, I'm here. You Now you know what I'm talking about. And when you think about those words, you think about him and you're going to go probably have a better chance of listening, want to go listen to his music, watch his YouTube videos, whatever. So for me, I want people to always remember that you can make a difference. So when they say that, they think about Mitch Gibson or the Inside Hancock County podcast or HRM Insurance. Right. And I, and I think, you know, as we start to wrap up a little bit, this is a good segue into, you know, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, if we can get into a little bit of branding, because I think that's part of, you know, the insurance industry that gets missed sometimes. I know it's been a lot more talked about lately because of people like Bradley and you and me and some of those other people, but I think that branding is a big deal, whether you have a podcast or you're just a local insurance agent or a regional insurance agent, whatever you want to look at it as. I do think that branding is a big deal, and I wanted to hear your thoughts. I interviewed a lady not too long ago on my show about this, but I wanted to hear, because you do such a good job at branding, whether it's inside Hancock County, whether it's HRM Insurance, whether it's your new show, if you want to announce that, go for it. Whatever it is, I really think it's cool that you have that good branding out there. Yeah, I think on the branding piece, I think you just got to think about three or you know three or four different things when you're creating content. One, you just you can't be afraid to be yourself. You got to be genuine. The the authentic piece. Be authentic. Two, people don't want to constantly know how many how much percentage you can save on their car insurance. No one could care less. I don't even like looking at an ad that says that. So when you think about what should I post, that's the big question. I don't know what to post. Remember, you have an iPhone that shoots 4K video. Buy a tripod. Set it up. Record conversations that you're having with customers if they're okay with it. Record conversations you're having with colleagues. Record you just standing there talking about maybe a claim that happened in the office and this is how you handled it. Things that's going to add value to people at the worst possible time. You have insurance because why? If there's a claim that happens, you don't want to be financially hurt. That's why you have. That's why you pay for insurance. 
so when you have an issue or you're you know going through a rental car process or you have a customer that's had a great claims process, quick, fast acting adjuster did his job, they left you a great review, post that review, ask for reviews. Everybody that you do business with, whether they are your customer or whether they're not your customer, ask them for a review. If they say, well, I'm going to end up staying where I'm at, yada, 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 great company, but I appreciate all your efforts and hard work on this. We'll make sure to get back with you soon. Okay, Mrs. Smith, I appreciate the opportunity. Always keep us in mind. I'll follow back up near renewal. Would you still mind just because I'm trying to be a better insurance agent, want to provide the best service for as many people as I possibly can? Would you leave me a review on, on how, how the quoting process went for you? Why not do that? Because you're probably ticked I didn't get that $1,200 account. Okay, on to the next. Let's go. But tell them how much you're thankful for the opportunity to quote the insurance, even though you might have not wrote it. And that turns into pieces of content. But you've got to be genuine. Can't be afraid of what people think. You've got to put relative, you know, relative content out there that people are going to relate to. Your dogs, your family. Be you. You'll take pictures of you and your family, and you know, at a at a zoo. But are you taking pictures of you and your customers after you just closed that business? Are you taking pictures of you and your field marketing rep because you guys went to Cincinnati Reds game or something they took you to do, or you guys went to dinner, whatever it was? Document your life document what you're doing i don't have a role the camera where you roll it and you take the film to cvs and all of that jazz yes i know what those are those those are but what's going to happen when your phone goes i mean just make sure you take care of your, your phone because i think this is the number one money maker you can ever have is the cell phone you can do so much with it there's so many free platforms to make content two things Heath, adobe spark and canva both are free both have create templates stuff that you can create not charge anything at all create podcast graphics thumbnails whatever it is open be creative start somewhere and the last thing i got to say on the content is don't think it's going to be perfect the first time you do something go back and scroll about two years ago and look at my pieces of content i literally makes me want to throw up but i thought it was cool at the time but you learn you evolve you become better repetition and stay consistent yeah no i'm with you and one of the things that that I would add on to that, I learned, you know, early on as well is story sell, you know, whether, like you said, you're interviewing one of your clients or like if you're just standing there in front of your customers, you know, not to get into too much of story time with the mayor, but I did have a bad car accident in 2015 and I documented some of that. And I got on, you know, video after I was out of the wheelchair and standing right there in front of the, the hospital that I was at, I told my story and, you know, the biggest part of that story at this video content creation was the workers comp if i wouldn't have had workers comp my truck my family would be in a whole bunch of trouble because the financial burden that was on me if i didn't have short-term disability if i didn't have a cool boss or a culture that i worked for that agency it'd be a totally different ballgame so i think just get up there and telling your own story every now and then or you know telling some sort of story and then that's a you know beat them over the head with insurance but i think stories sell and i think that's a big deal whether it's your story or somebody else's you're right on the stories. That's that's huge. And real quick on the review thing, if you have a customer that's really good at talking and they are very personable, it's okay to ask them for, instead of doing like a handwritten review, see if they'll do a video review. I've done this for a couple of, I did it for a mortuary and then we did it for a contractor. The contractor did it for us. Like that's great stuff because they're going to benefit from us posting it and seeing 
you know, people are going to see what type of people we do business with and go, okay, HRM insurance is not just your, you know, your little small mom and pop shop. HRM insurance can write those big accounts, can write those cell towers, can write those manufacturers. People just don't have that mindset in their, you know, they think that just because they post something that it's got their logo on it and, you know, call me for your auto insurance quote. I've been killing it. Okay. Well, we all have been, uh, you, you kind of see what I'm saying. So like, don't find that happy medium of that one thing that's good for you guy up in Indiana. I think also in Indiana, Mike Lewis with Archbold and Lewis insurance. Mike does a bad dad joke of the day every Friday. It's absolutely hilarious. That's so when he went to, he went to dinner one night, he had a, somebody at the restaurant say, Hey, you're that bad dad joke of the day guy, aren't you? Not the insurance guy, not the Archbold and Lewis guy, the bad dad joke of the day guy. That is I think what makes this point is don't be I'm that insurance guy because they'll find out if they they start watching your stuff enough they're going to see and drive you to they're gonna, you're going to drive them to your website and they're going to see it on your profile but try not to sell insurance at all for two years on social media and you will sell insurance no that's great advice it really is and if people want to get some more advice from Mitch Gibson uh, how can they get a hold of you how can they find you you know, listen to this podcast, Agency Nation folks that want to find Mitch Gibson. What's the best way to find you? Uh, at this point in time, it's probably a little hard not to find me. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, but I mean that. In, I mean that in a sincere like way that I've you yeah. just putting out. You put out so much stuff, you become more relevant when people search on Google. But if you follow, if you go to social media, my tags on Instagram and Facebook are Mitch R Gibson. Mitch r gibson g-i-b-s-o-n's last name find me there if you go to mitchgibson.com that's kind of just like my little landing page homepage for where you can find all things in my podcast uh questions you can book a meeting if you want to just book an interview if you're a young agent and want to get on a podcast let me know you got a new podcast coming out by the time this comes out it might already be out it comes out on wednesday uh, july or june 2nd so that'll be fun and can't wait for that it's called the most valuable producers podcast known as the mvp podcast highlighting young agents and we are going to try to change the world of, of insurance for our millennial group and our young agents that are just getting in, getting started and see if we can give them a platform to grow because we are the you know we are the people that are going to take over the uh the industry when uh, when all of our awesome mentors like heath and, and everybody retires and, and and goes and sits by the beach and drinks beer and does whatever they want because without worry for being worry free because the young agents are going to take take care of things the way they should be taken care of and that's that's what i want to do with it so would love any feedback you guys have give me a call i'm always open i like to talk Heath's the same way so if you, you guys have any questions get a hold of either one of us and we can we can get you in contact with each other yeah most definitely check it out inside hancock county you can find him at mvp podcast you can reach out to him on the, the instagram or the the social media However you want to find him, he's very easy to find. And he'll take that call. And that's one of the things I love about Mitch so much. Agency Nation, if you want to find him, he would love to, to rap with you. Another thing I love about Mitch before we sign off is he's also a learner as well. So if you got some advice or some things you Please. want to talk to Mitch about, he would love it. He's a sponge, and he is uh, changing the game as we speak. So thanks again, Mitch, for joining us on uh, Agency Nation. Yeah, absolutely, Heath. And I think that kind of closes it all. What you just said is I'm a sponge. I think that's the biggest thing for young agents. Be a sponge. It's okay to ask people outside of your office for advice. It's okay to ask for to find mentors like Heath outside of, of your office. I called somebody, that, an insurance agent that lives in Alabama yesterday on my way to go sell a manufacturer's policy. 
just so he could give me some reassurance, give me a couple extra helpful tips. I didn't ask anybody at my office. I wanted to hear somebody else that it was not in the same shoes. So it's okay to ask for help and get advice because these dudes have been doing it and been killing it for, for the last 10, 15, 20 years.